Hello, and thank you for joining me for the very first episode of Recast, the podcast from Remit Consulting. In this first edition of Recast, we will be discussing silver lining around not being in the south of France, rent and service charge collection rates, and how workplaces are reacting to increasing active commuting. Hello, welcome to Recast, the regular podcast from Remit Consulting. I am Kat Lewis. I am Head of Business Development for Remit. And today I'm very lucky to be joined by Mr. Andrew Barber, who is also known as Paddy. Andrew is one of the Remit Associates and he looks after all of our PR and our publicity, as well as working with a number of our clients. The man is also an absolute wizard with a LinkedIn graphic. So uh, hello, Paddy. How are you? Hello, Kat. I'm very well, thank you. And uh, how are you? I'm, I'm feeling quite fab actually Paddy and, and thank you very much for joining me because I'm very grateful to have someone to chat to. Uh, you're welcome, you're welcome. So it occurred to me the other day that normally this time of year we would have been recovering from our trip to MIPIM and we'd be counting up all the business cards that we'd collected in Bar Roma and places like that late at night and feeling rather jaded even with a slight suntan you know from the neck upwards <laughs> sort of thing. Um, so how was MIPIM not MIPIM for you this year? Oh, well, I actually got an awful lot of work done. Um, I think, you know, there's something something rather lovely about um, about going out there and and it's always great to meet so many people and the content um, of the sessions is fab. But actually, I've just not had to take that week out and I've been able to really progress a lot of a lot of other things for clients, which has been nice. That's good. And. Um, Obviously, I have to ask, did you watch Cheltenham? Because in years gone by, being at MIPIM, I remember you getting very frustrated that the only way you could keep in contact with the Gold Cup or whichever race it was you were trying to watch at the time, there were people standing in the way of a very small screen in an Irish <laughs> bar somewhere. I, I did indeed. I've spent the last week sat in front of the television with a pretend picnic, sort of tra tracking the ponies and um, yeah, eating cheese, really. Yeah. Um, and MIPIM this year obviously is now been rearranged for September, which they announced recently. Although last week there was the Leaders Perspective Summit, uh, which is the sort of online light version of MIPIM. Do you think that the future for real estate conferences such as MIPIM are going to be online or is there a demand for that face-to-face -face meeting and, and what do you think is going to happen? Well I certainly hope we won't go entirely online um, I have to say my my trip to Cannes uh, is a highlight of my year but I do think that there is something to, to be said for a hybrid conference so Andrew Waller spoke at Realcom back in October and we were involved in the planning of it all because we are their education partner and it was really, really exciting, actually. Um, so basically, the way that they did it was that they had a few days of virtual content and a few days of real. And then in the middle, there was some sort of crossover. And I think the real benefit of that is, firstly, obviously, it makes conferences more accessible. And it also means that you don't miss out on the content, because one of the things that I've found at conferences that I've been to is you kind of have to choose between attending your meetings with the people you need to see 
and going and listening to speakers. And yes, you can do both, but it's very difficult to fit it all in. Um, so I think that that hybrid model will will really be of benefit without obviously losing that value in the face-to-face -face real human connections. Yeah, that's interesting. I've been involved in a hybrid event in Frankfurt, which is the Real Estate Investment Day, which was one was last September, and we're planning one for this coming June. And that is a mixture of people being in the room and listening to the speakers, but at the same time, it's being broadcast live around the world. So I think you're right. There's got to be some middle ground, but I think there's still the need for people to meet face to face and make contact in that way. So I think it's a really exciting time and I'm looking forward to seeing how it all evolves. I think you're right, Kat. There are a lot of people looking forward to see what happens. And something else we're looking forward to with some expectation is the 25th of March, which is the March quarter day, which is when all the invoices for the next three months rent and service charges will be issued by landlords and managing agents to tenants and commercial properties up and down the land. This year, it also marks 12 months since the first nationwide lockdown and the first anniversary of the Remark study, which uh, has been conducted by Remit during the pandemic, looking at the rate of collection of rents and service charge. But it's not a new thing, is it? No, not at all, Paddy. Remark has actually been running since 2010. So uh, it's been a biennial property management survey looking at rent and service charge collection, but also looking at other interesting questions that are topical that year. So we we ran one in 2019 and all of this data that we had in the bank set us in very good stead when in early 2020, we realized that people may suddenly become very, very interested in rent and service charge collection rates, given what the pandemic was doing to the industry. So Remark has kept us incredibly busy over the last 12 months and looks likely to be keeping us busy for a lot longer as well. Indeed it does, Paddy. Although I have used all of my powers of persuasion and managed to get Laura Andrews to take a break from crunching the numbers to come and talk to us about it. Hello, Laura. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi, Kat and Paddy. Thank you for having me. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So we thought it'd be good for you to explain exactly what has been uncovered by the Remark study in the 12 months since the first national lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we started the Remark research at the beginning of the March quarter 2020. Um, we were approached by a few um, property managers because we've done this type of research before and they wanted to know the impact of the pandemic on the industry. So we set up a sort of quick short survey to assess, um, to collect information on rent collection and service charge collection rates. Um, that first quarter in March 2020 we collected data on around 100,000 leases and then in June we upped the up the ante and expanded the survey made it more detailed asked more questions and we are now covering since June we've been covering 125,000 leases across the UK which is a huge number and so what what were the findings for the March June September quarters and what's what's happening right now? So over the last 12 months, we've seen considerably less rent collected than compared to 2019. The March, September and December quarters have had a relatively same collection rate throughout the quarter. Um, but this has been 
around 20 to 25 percent down from the 2019 figures so quite by quite a considerable amount in june um interestingly we saw quite a, a dip compared to the other quarters uh, this was around on average around 10 to 12 percent lower than the march september and december quarters so quite a big dip there so we've got the next march quarter day coming up on the 25th Yes. And the government has just recently extended the moratorium on eviction of tenants for non-payment of rent to the end of June. What impact do you think that will have on the figures, if any? And how do you think that the, the market's going to react to the extension of the moratorium? Well, it's an interesting one. Um, obviously, it's difficult to predict, especially at the moment. Um, rules and regulations and things keep changing. But... Um, for the last 12 months, all the rent, all the data that we've collected over the last 12 months, the moratorium has been in place. Um, we've predicted that the March quarter is going to be relatively similar to the last to the most of the quarters that we've seen. So, again, that means we're still going to be 20 to 25 percent down than pre pandemic rent collection levels by the end of the March quarter. So those are big figures, and I know that you did some calculations to show that the overall shortfall for the March quarter last year and the June quarter totaled about three billion pounds, and then in the September quarter there was another one point one billion pounds or thereabouts of a shortfall. And I think your expectations are that this quarter is going to be the same, and the projections for the next three months are going to be the same so we could end up with a shortfall of between six and six and a half billion pounds during the period of the pandemic up to the end of june that is an awful loss to the industry and and laura what what is going to happen when that moratorium finally lifts well it's, it's obviously hard to predict we've had the moratorium now since last march uh, what we have seen though is through our pam forum speaking to various asset managers is that last year when the moratorium was supposed to end there was a serious fear that there was going to be a large increase in CVAs um, things like that so we could see that happen again and that could all all happen at the end of June. So there's there's that worry then that there are tenants who are basically being kept sort of kept afloat by the fact that they're not having to pay their rent and once they do they'll end up going into receivership or worse. So sort of like a, a, a sort of a Schrodinger's tenant. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're sort of not, a, not alive or dead. They're almost being propped up, if you will, by the moratorium. Whether they can pay and aren't paying or if they are just holding on to see what happens, it, it's unclear. But that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, they're, they're neither neither dead nor alive, really. Thank you very, very much, Laura, for joining us. I know that you're wildly busy, so you can go off and get back to your spreadsheets now. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Laura. That was Laura talking about the Remark study, which brings us nicely onto our next topic, which is about the return to work as the pandemic restrictions are lifted and how people are actually going to get to work because there is a reluctance to use public transport in the same way that we had done previously. It is that reluctance to be on a on a bus or a tube or a tram or a 
crowded train. I just can't really see people wanting to do to do that sort of thing in the future to the degree they were. And I think this sort of working from home flexibility is something which we are going to see for many years to come. And I think the explosion in cycling, I know 2020 was a particularly good year from the weather's point of view in the UK, but I, I think that explosion in cycling is something which we're going to see and is also something which ties in with the ongoing series of retour events which Remit Consulting are, are conducting at the moment. I mean, you were there at the beginning of the first retour, weren't you, back in 2018? Well, Paddy, you know how I feel about bikes. Um, they are not exactly my favourite thing. However, Remit Consulting has been really, really keen on encouraging active transport um, for, for a number of years now. Um, so in 2017, we produced a report called the Market Cycles for BCO, looking at you know cycling in offices and how, how that would possibly work. Um, in 2018, we launched Retour, which is a or which was a cycle tour around office buildings in London and we invited a number of heads of property of various uh, organizations so some uh, some corporate occupiers some actual property companies and some property services providers and so we had all these you know serious property people um cycling around London in their on their various types of bikes um again you may it, Paddy, you may be better to talk about the types of bikes available because I was looking, I was seeing sort of big tyres, small tyres, weird yeah, old bike. That's right. There are all sorts of bikes, folding bikes, mountain bikes, road bikes, and even a couple of sit up and begs. And in that first year when the weather was absolutely superb, we started off on the South Bank and went to Westminster and then worked our way back through the West End and Midtown back to the city. One of the, my favourites, well, it was my favourite, I think was the Verdi, I think you pronounce it Verdi building, Verde, in uh, in Westminster. And it's lovely because we got to explore the whole building, but the entrance to it is sort of like going down a, or the entrance to the cycle store, I should say, is down a sort of spiral, uh, like a helter-skelter. And uh, I thought that was fantastic. My my favourite of, of that year was actually uh, 200 Aldersgate. And w- one of the things that I liked best about it was um, we, we were talking a lot about removing the barriers to cycling to work. So, you know, what is it that actually stops people? Because you've got your people who are super, super keen, will cycle to work in absolutely sheeting rain, what you know, whatever the weather, whatever the occasion. And then you've got people like myself who would really have to be cajoled and convinced to do so. And one of the things I really liked about 200 Oldsgate was it removed some of those barriers. So one of the things that discourages me from actively travelling to work is that I don't even know where the showers are in the building. Um, I would never go there unless I had run to work. And so that kind of that hurdle is is quite is one to overcome. And what 200 Oldsgate had done was that they had they had a lovely cycle entrance, which was suitable for clients to enter through you know it it wasn't kind of a dingy back alley that you had to go through to get to sort of a yard to put your bike in it was really nice and really inviting and the other thing that they had done was that they had put in there was a kind of a, a treatment room on in the cycle store area which in which they had I think off the top of my head and you know please forgive me it was three years ago now um, but they did. They had things like a physiotherapist in there occasionally, or I think they had a hairdresser 
in on some occasions and things like that so it removed that barrier and then once you've once you've broken that down i think it encourages people to kind of give it a bash yeah and i think the the online model which we're now hearing on on uh, and seeing on on webinars highlighted that fact that there are barriers to people who are not hardcore cyclists and it was interesting in the the first one we did earlier this year to hear about the entrance to the buildings in, in the city and that they were making those entrances for cyclists and other active travellers just as important as the main entrance to the building. So there was no kind of, as you say, sneaking in around the back of the building. And I, that's one of the big advantages of the buildings which are being developed now is that they're taking this all into consideration and these are the things which need to be introduced to, to buildings wherever possible I think because if we're going to hit the targets that have been set by the government of the number of people cycling to work or using other met active travel methods is that they need to have the facilities there there's no point to just saying yes we're going to reach these targets because you're going to have tens of thousands of people cycling around city centres and nowhere to park their bicycles. This is a really important thing which uh, the Retour series is, is highlighting so, um, Paddy, you mentioned there that our, our online retour series. So to, to fill everyone else in, basically, uh, retour was intended always to be an annual event. Um, so obviously we had it in 2018. It was lovely, sunshine, amazing. 2019, it was, uh, I think it's probably fine to say, less nice weather. It, it was soaking wet. It was <laughs> absolutely tipping it down. It was pretty vile, um, but also very informative. Um, and then obviously in 2020, we were not able to meet in large groups, um, cycling or otherwise. So what we decided to do and what we came up with was this online series of events um, where we are still able to showcase the buildings, but in a, in a seminar format. So we've already had two of them. We've had the London edition and then we've gone on to look at the rest of the UK, which I think as someone who is not from london or the south is so important and then the other really exciting bit for you know those of us who are kind of missing uh foreign travel is that we are also going to have an event looking at europe and looking at the rest of the world so really you know drawing ideas from the cycle facilities and the active travel facilities provided in office buildings across the world not just in london offices um, the next retour event is another UK edition, and that is going to be held on the 31st of March. It's in the evening, five o'clock to six o'clock. So if you'd like to sign up, please do. Uh, there's a link on the website, which is www.remitconsulting.com forward slash retour. Or um, there's also a re retour LinkedIn page. But I, I know that me talking about it uh, isn't as inspiring as hearing straight from the bike's mouth. So. <laughs> So Paddy, I know you spoke to Neil the other day about what's in store going forward. That's right. I spoke to Neil Webster, who chairs the webinars, and he was the driving force behind the original BCO report. And I spoke to him very briefly about the reasoning behind Retour and why it's so important. So hello, Neil. How are you? I'm very well, Paddy. Thank you. Yeah, Good. Well. You keeping well? Um, as much as you can in this sort of circumstances, yeah. Yeah, I know how you feel. So last week we had the very successful second online version of Retour um, and you had some great guests from places like Brindley Place in Birmingham, Media City in Manchester, Coram Park in Newcastle. But you also had uh, guests from British Cycling and Brompton Hi Bike Hire. 
talking about their campaign to provide uh, bicycles and access to NHS staff. Uh, was that all well received? What's the feedback been? Um, it seems to be, yeah. I think we covered um, most of the UK um, by going to Newcastle, Manchester um, and Birmingham and then sort of topping it with uh, two parties who covered the whole of the UK. Um, we're still doing a bit of research to sort of bottom out, you know, what people like, what people didn't like um, in readiness for the next one. But, yeah, it seems to have gone down quite well. Good. Do you think that come the end of lockdown that Retour will keep this same format or would you like to see a sort of hybrid version where we go back out on our bikes or how do you see that panning out? It's a difficult one, Paddy, because I think when we started Retour as a sort of 20 person on their bikes series, you know, face to face, it was a bunch of people who actually wanted to get on bikes. Now we seem to have got an audience who are interested in active travel as a business proposition. They aren't necessarily people who want to get on bikes. So what I don't want to do is to sort of take 400 people around the country, dragging people around who don't want to get on bikes. So, yeah, perhaps a hybrid. I think, you know, continue the virtual. And for those of us who quite like a bit of exercise, we'll get on the bikes as well. And when's the next one? So um, 31st of March is um, when we're going out, um, five o'clock. Um, we hope to co we're covering the UK again, but we're probably going to do a slightly different format. So whilst we've covered you know, specific locations this time, I think we're going to cover some themes and those themes are evolving at the moment. And we want to make it more of a sort of conversation. And um, we've tended to sort of give people technical and, and good knowledge so far, but you know, we want to make it much more of a sort of chat this time. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, anyone who wants to register can go to www.remitconsulting.com forward slash retour. OK, thanks, Neil. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Al. So there you go, Kat. That was, uh, that was Neil talking about uh, retour. I think one of the really nice things about retour is it, it gives us a sort of a holistic view of how active travel can really work <laughs> linking ESG and workplace strategies to benefit businesses and their stuff alike. Why, why are you giggling? Well, because you used that word, you used holistic, <laughs> which you've told me in the past is one of your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Irritants. That, <laughs> and it, it's a, a management speak word, which you've told me that you don't like in the past, Kat, and you've used it. Oh, I know. I'm absolutely kicking myself. I've I've found myself using that word an awful lot. <laughs> it, it's a real cat cliche, actually. It is. Say. It's it's an awful cliche. Um, but the the reason that I I will defend myself. The reason that you, I you can try. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the the reason that I found myself using the word holistic so much is that it's actually really important. A lot of our clients, a lot of their projects, you can't just put blinkers on and look solely at one thing so um for example a lot of clients are looking at technology projects but you have to also consider that not just the system that you're procuring but also the people who are going to use it the processes involved how the business might evolve in the future what exactly you need it for all before you even think about the system at all so it is it is really important to take that that all round uh perspective on things yeah all round i'll let you have that one <laughs> i think we might have to make cats cliches a sort of a, a segment of a, re this a regular feature of this podcast okay we'll do that
Well, I, I think that brings us really nicely to a close for today, Paddy. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome. Been a pleasure. And thank you very much for listening. If anyone would like to make some suggestions for things that you'd like to hear us chat about, please do tweet me at remitcat. Otherwise, we will see you next month.